Hey, what's going on? This is Cronus with Black Ever Black Times Infinity. I'm here with all of us. We'll just uh, yeah. make it short. Yeah. And we're also time. here with with Carl and John from SVBR. Yeah. And we're at SVBR at the location, and this is a pretty awesome location. So um, we met uh, John and Carl at SVBR. It was an expo or a conference. Why would you guys say? Yeah, we're a conference and expo. Conference yeah. and expo. You got it right. And it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty cool. So how did you guys get into VR? Like, what made you guys get into VR? Yeah, so um, this is Carl. Um, I uh, got obsessed with VR uh, when I was a young child, impressionable. <laughs> um, somewhere around 10 years old, I started <laughs> reading about this guy um, named Jaron Lanier out in the West Coast. I was living in New York, and uh, I, I started hearing about this amazing new technology called virtual reality. I had just gotten my my uh, first personal computer. It was a, I was that first generation of kids to get personal computers in the 80s. Which one? What kind of you uh, Commodore 64. Nice. Love that thing. Yeah. I know where you can get one. Radar Rat Race is my game back. I grew up with that thing, yeah. And um, it, just, it just made so much sense. I was totally into science fiction, and it just made so much sense that this is the inevitable, like, perfect use of a computer eventually. Awesome, awesome. John? Yeah, and uh, about the same time, I got into VR at, um, you know, uh, I too had an early PC. My my brand. I was the Atari 800. Okay. With with the tape drive for storage. <laughs> All right. yeah. Very awesome. Yeah. Back it was a cassette tape though, right? Cassette tape. Yeah. 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 I was like scrounging my brother and sister's old tapes for storage. Yeah. <laughs> and not a reliable method of storage, which is why that's not not a thing. But anyway, um, so yeah, and then I, uh, I get, after college, I worked at a company called CopyServe. Yeah, that was a big deal for yeah, a long time. At some point, <laughs> yeah, we they were, were the internet. We were, we were the internet, and uh, in a lot of ways, and uh, got involved with a group of guys at the time called the Cyber Forum. Because back then, we called virtuality cyberspace. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it was a cool name. <laughs> Might make a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And got into trying to figure out because this this is a long time of virtuality and dactyl nightmare and all those things we're getting on the. Public mind, and we were we we wanted to do it at home because, you know, like I showed you guys earlier in the museum, those those early machines were like forty thousand dollars and up wow. just Push to get started. Down. It wasn't like something a typical person could get into. So um, we did all our experiments with like shutter glasses and three D viewing. It just wasn't ready. Yeah. And then the yeah. World Wide web, ha- web happened, and we just kind of forgot yeah. about it. We just figured, okay, we'll, we'll everyone come back got here. distracted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was companies that tried to do virtual. Like everybody knows about the infamous Game Boy or virtual Boy. Yeah, that was kind of a flop. I remember like going to the mall and they had like eight of them set up, and like it was cool to play, but not for long because your eyes went up bleeding yeah. in your head. Yeah. It had that built-in time limiter, so that yeah. people couldn't get sick. It would only let you play for like was it five minutes or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't really call it. It wasn't really virtual reality because you're you couldn't like interact with the environment. You're, it was pretty much you were just watching a screen. Yeah, it was, like, a, yeah. It was a display. There's no yeah. head tracking on a yeah. on a virtual boy, That's so it's technically not virtual reality, but it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used at the same time virtual boy came out. It was the first time I used actual VR, and it was with an old school headset and it had like this whole rig where I could walk around and stuff, and it was pretty cool. But everything was like super polygonal, so. It didn't seem very realistic to me, and like the head tracking was kind of off. Obviously, it was the nineties, so yeah, that was probably the virtual well. virtuality machine. If it looked like the Omni, if it looked yeah. kind of like the Virtuix yeah. Omni. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the first time I used it was at uh, Great America. Great yeah. America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So Great America is an amusement park here in the Bay Area. But yeah, yeah. They, they don't know. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, America, you got to oh. think internationally, man. Uh, internationally. For some reason, I thought you meant like a museum. I didn't, I didn't, 
Unless you said museum, not amusement park. It was pretty cool because you, you had that entire sort of headset on, and I remember uh, you were in a, a set of sort of like the Omni, and yeah. uh, you were kind of shooting your people mm-hmm. with these little like laser things that yeah. were going on. But it, it was pretty cool at the time. Obviously, we made massive uh, jump in technology from the, where we, we started from. Yeah, the jump kind of came out of nowhere. So from your guys' perspective, like, wh- who started that jump? Because it came from, like, a big, heavy, blocky thing to all of a sudden we have, like, a rift-type deal. And I was like, there was, like, a big gap between the two. Yeah. So um, so I, I followed it all the way through. I got really interested as a kid, and I became, you know, totally obsessed with it. And I just knew that this was somehow my destiny was in you know, involved virtual reality, and I didn't really know how. Um, but I followed it all along, um, straight through while, you know, professionally, I went into the telepresence industry. And one of the reasons I did that was because it was as close to virtual reality as I could get and still like have a job because, you know, there was very little virtual reality. It was a few hundred labs here and there around the world that were doing work and it was, you know, crazy expensive and nobody could afford it. But those guys, they just kept incrementally improving all along. Um, but yeah, the real jump happened with um, mobile phones, you know, the commoditization yeah. of these screens and sensors and getting everything small enough. And then it's just, we hit a sweet spot. Um, we, we, there was a threshold we had to hit as far as um, the speed of the processors that would get the latency low enough to, you know, feel real and not make you sick. And, you know, I think uh, people started to realize that we were right around that threshold about, you know, four or five years ago. I never actually considered mobile phones, but I mean, you're totally right. The screens are very small and they're very high density for pixels. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and the sensors, too. And, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. all the things you need to make good VR, you also need it to make mobile phones. And, you know, that stuff, you know, the reason those headsets cost so much is because the original displays in those old 90s headsets were, you know, custom displays. They didn't really have any high volume applications, so you couldn't get them cheap. Right, right. And it's mobile kinda, phones made them cheap. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how mobile phones have really changed our society. Because first it was just, you know, it was just a phone that you can go mobile. Or, you can, or it started with like a car phone and like you can drive in your car with it. And then all of a sudden it became right. more mobile so you can carry it around with you semi with a Zach brick. But like also like they started to add like, you know, a bigger screen where you can actually type on there, like take notes. And then they added like a camera and then a recorder and then... Like, now you can do VR with GPS, headphones. Yeah, GPS is yep. on there, too. Now there's the internet. There's, like, all this technology in, in, in such a small device. And, like, the mobile phones really have changed the game of mm-hmm. on a lot of the industry to, on this day, or in, day, in this era, I guess. So yeah, we, we all hold the world's combined knowledge in our pockets, and most people use it to watch fucking cat videos. Yeah, <laughs> right. well, that's what we're going to use VR for too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're all working for. Why are you releasing their secrets? Yeah. <laughs> and people will buy it. Yeah. Oh yeah. There is, a, there is a surprising number of VR projects involving cats. Really? Yeah, yeah there's there a, are. There's a big. Uh, there's a, a pretty active podcaster called Cats in VR. Really. Um, Liv Erickson does virtual reality cats, virtual cats. Yeah, yeah there's a couple of these there's, VR, yeah, VR like, and kittens. Cats and VR, there's something there. There's yeah. some, like, subconscious well, connection. Well, it's on the internet and just, like, technology yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Cats are just a thing. I don't know. know. I can't stand cats. Well, I, I, know a couple, <laughs> I know a couple people where I've, you know, talked to them about VR, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. And they're, you know, people outside of this VR world. They don't know anything about it. And they're like, so... I could make a room that's just full of kittens and go into that because that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, like, in, there's like those pop up coffee shops that are happening where they have like cats there where you can go in and have it's coffee. Cold. And, right, like, yeah. That's big in Japan, yeah, yeah. Cats yeah. and uh, puppies. Yeah, I like the I like the puppy idea. That sounds really fun. But yeah. the cat one, 
Oh, yeah, that sounds cool too. I like but, cats. For those that uh, that can't or aren't watching us right now, um, we are in, in Redwood City, and uh, we're at their headquarters, and they have a really cool VR museum. If, if, I mean, obviously, we can see it and everything. Yeah. If you could just talk about uh, some of the, the items that are in your, your VR museum, because it dates back to 1989. Yeah, our first, uh, our oldest one is from 89. Uh, yeah, so um, so we've been doing this. Which, which one is that? Can you pull on my camera? Thanks, yeah. That's the cyber face. Holy oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That looks like a Yeah. It was sort of from a welding mask? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically hand assembled. Yeah, this is uh, a prototype from the guys. Cyberface. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. The guys at uh, VPL Research, which was the first commercial VR company um, from the late 80s, early 90s. That um, looks Jaren Lanier's company. Sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, can, you can tell. It's like, some yeah. some this was not machined like in some you know giant yeah, this factory was in China. This was an engineer probably, probably by Jaron Lanier. Probably not far from her hand soldering stuff yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. like a, a software. But on the other hand, yeah. if you think about it, I mean this is thirty years old. Yeah. yeah. Probably. The design has not hasn't really changed, changed that much. That yeah. much. I mean yeah. you got your two lenses, got, you got a circuit board. Yeah, yeah the difference is it just got better, faster, you know, incremental improvements. It's yeah. just the, the scale is slightly yeah. smaller, but yeah. the design is still the same. Yeah, just yeah. higher resolution screens, better screens, um, you know, there, better tracking. When we were at um at AWE, we did like a simulation of, of welding. It was um Yes. Oh yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. Something I can't remember the name of the company was, but it was pretty cool because they had like a welding mask that you wear, and it had like an augmented reality on there, so it, you kind of had the impression that you're welding. And I thought it was really cool. Like I really felt like I was actually doing it, but that's what that reminds me of because yeah. the whole yeah. welding mask and everything that's on there. Yeah, yeah. So that was one. That's our oldest item in our museum. So we've been doing this as a temporary museum each year at the conference. Um, so our, you know, our conference is three years old now. So each year we've done a, you know a little museum. Our first one was actually held in the Computer History Museum oh, nice. in Mountain View, which is where they have the very first HMD um, from the 60s. Uh, Ivan Sutherland's, uh, it's called the Sword of Damocles because it's like so heavy and it has all these big <laughs> wires and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the home of the very first HMD, which is why we chose that as our first conference location. It's pretty amazing. Um, and then we've been kind of adding to that theme every year. And, and uh, within our community, we just put the call out and say, hey, you know, a lot of these people have been doing VR for decades and they have all this equipment at home. So um, most of this equipment came from members of our community's garages or attics. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask, <laughs> how did you guys acquire all this equipment? It's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going to take a lot of photos of some videos just to show people uh, what we're seeing. But you're seeing, like, super old school headsets and, like, I don't even know. What's that VPL? Yeah, what, so that's the, that's kind of our, that's our one of our prizes. Uh, yeah, that's the, it's, so that's actually called the iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I-E-Y-E, um, it's the original commercial HMD. So that's the first, you know, HMD that was manufactured in any sort of bulk. Um, I think it was thirty to $40,000. Um, it looks like two servers. Probably. Yeah, the, it has these giant boxes. Um, I think you actually need two um, computers to use this, one for each eye, <laughs> which is uh, pretty crazy. I'm not, I, I still need to verify that, but somebody was telling me that. Uh, we actually found some folks that um, worked at VPL and worked with VPL very closely that are going to help us get this stuff up and running. So oh, wow. I, I can't wait to get that That's actually crazy. running and see how bad. I think it's heavy. The I think VPL? it's like two. Yeah, the VPL yeah. actually has a sandbag in the back to balance the weight of the oh, front. Wow. <laughs> wow. So it's uh, a lot heavier even than it needs to be just to get the balance right. Does it come with like weight so you can like strengthen your neck to hold it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> should. <laughs> 
Well, that's and, why the original sword of Damocles is. It actually had like a big spring, and it was suspended oh, from the ceiling okay. to hold all the weight. And oh, it was okay. uh, uh, some matrix so that, looking. That's actually yeah. <laughs> what I kind of did with uh, with my headset. So we were talking about the Omni, how they have the, the VR boom. Yeah. So I made my own like boom. I basically got one of those booms for like a, I think it's for like a camera or something like that, for or lighting. like a lighting. Yeah. And so I just took that and I just put weight on one side. And then I took, uh, you know, those retractable things you use for like your car readers. I took one of those yep. and then I put it on my headset so it'll just, you know, come down. And then when I, when I stand up, it zips it back up so that nothing's on my back. So it works out pretty well. Nice. So everything's yeah. uh, suspended from above and it works out pretty well. I'll, I'll take more pictures and like close to my line and stuff because... Um, a lot of people don't like tripping over the, the cables. That takes yeah. you out of experience like right away. Yeah. You know? I mean, once you're like good with it, I mean, you're used to it because you're feeling your back and just moving around, but it's still that little Yeah, you second. get used to it. Yeah, it's, it is, it's a whole different experience when you're completely wireless and you don't worry about the cables versus yeah. when, you, when you have cables yeah. that, that you're getting tangled in. So, yeah, something like that, that is super useful. I, yeah. I wouldn't spend a lot of money investing in cable management yeah, solutions because yeah. I think yeah. wireless, go wireless VR is coming <laughs> sooner than I think we Believe. Well, I've already we saw it at uh, SVVR. We saw yeah. there were some setups with the the Gear VR, and they had like this cool. Uh, they had like little balls on top of your head, and it tracked in a, in a pretty big uh, area. Excellent. Yep. Or is that the? Or, is like, or, or are you talking about Project Dallas? Uh, I don't know no, what project it was. Lab. It was like, well, interactive labs. Was yeah, interactive lab. Oh, yeah, but somebody yeah. else was too, and it was like it was a huge space. And it had like, pretty well. Yeah, they had about like um, six light towers, and then they had the yeah. they had the headset with the with like the little tracking balls, and also yeah. they had it on the gun as well. And it was it worked really well. I was yeah. really surprised by yeah, it. It does. And it was just they were just using the, the normal Samsung Gear VR mm-hmm. with the phone in there, which is cool. Oh, what's, what you got there? Uh, Visuality Studios, I think, is the one you were talking about um, that was using the Gear VRs in a large volume. Oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe it was <laughs> There's so many people there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we met, met a lot of cool people. But there's there's people that I know the big guys are working on, it, but I'm, I also know there's guys that are claiming they have a chip that'll do wireless video at low latency. So I, I think the power of getting rid of that cable is so strong. It's such it's like the number yeah. one thing people want. Yeah, well, so it'll happen soon. I come from the IT world, so I know there's a whole bunch of stuff on the cusp that is going to be super fast speeds, like gigabits wirelessly. Um, I think somebody said there was something like 10 gigabit network that they can do wirelessly but i'm like what's the attenuation like i, I really need to know like how far you can move around and stuff like that because if it's everywhere that'd be great yeah. but if bandwidth like, doesn't necessarily mean no latency too that's yeah, the other thing that's true. I mean, like yeah latency is everything in vr yeah yeah, yeah. It, you can get by with less width of how much data you're moving if you can do it fast it's like yeah. you know um that's the thing because like you know all the things that made us sick in the 90s was that you'd turn your head and then, like half a second later, the scene would move. Yeah, and that disconnect yeah. is what makes you sick. Yeah, yeah. So. Everybody was so worried about that um, when this, I guess, new generation of VR came out. But I was just like, I'm not, not worried about it at all because when I put it on, like, I didn't get sick at all. Well, with the so. earlier development developer kits, uh, like the Oculus uh, DK1 and DK2, people had motion sickness oh, okay. when they were worried because there was that that latency. latency. Yeah. DK1, yeah, it, it got it's gotten better every generation, and now I don't. In any consumer release, whether it's the Vive or the Rift, yeah. even, you know I, they've reached the threshold where nobody, you know, it's, it's, nobody's noticing it. Unless anymore. your software is not keeping up and it's laggy, you're you're gonna have a good time. So I mean, don't be afraid of. At, at this point, I would tell people, don't be afraid of nausea at this point because it's they've solved that. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, 
knows yeah theoretically a solid there's there's a yeah if you if you meet the latency requirements and a few other things but it, it also comes down to the user experience i mean in the same way that certain things in the real world will make you sick like if you yeah. get in a fighter plane and do <laughs> you know flip and barrel spin rolls. and do this barrel rolls you're gonna feel sick and in <laughs> vr you should feel sick if you try to do that same thing because yeah. you know that's going to make you sick. And then, yeah, things like locomotion, if you handle locomotion incorrectly in VR, you're still going to get sick, even on the yeah. best setup. It's, it's, but that's not a limitation of the hardware anymore. Yeah. That's a limitation of, you know, what our brains, you know, can handle as far as in an experience and what we're used to. Right. You know, some of the, some of the things I like watching, I like watching videos on YouTube. I love watching videos of like people letting their parents try the Oculus for the first time. Yeah. They do the, the roller coaster simulator and you see them like, falling over or like they're, they're <laughs> leaning into it and they end up falling out of the chair. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, that's good. Oh no, go ahead. Finish your, cause I have a broad question. I was talking about this. So I brought my vibe with me to San Diego. Um, and I, I demoed it for a bunch of people and it was like some older folks used it too. And they were like, I just haven't used Tiltbrush. They were like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. Or just even like the first screen they're sitting in for the, for the vibe. And you see the the earth. They're just like, they don't even want to come off of that, that one screen. They're just like, I just want to sit here. And look at this thing. Yeah. When yeah. I brought my wife over to uh, play it at, at your place, she was absolutely amazed. Like, in, I, I love playing it all myself, but I was like, no, I, I, it's so much enjoyable watching someone who's never experienced that first time to just mm -hmm. watch their reaction to, to how they're interacting with Yeah. The, Especially the non nerds, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah. easy it's to get well. nerds excited about yeah. new technology. Show yeah. them anything and they're excited. Ooh, this is cool. Yeah. I could do this. But yeah, if you can show, you know, your mom, your wife, your family, and and they're getting excited about it, then we know we're on to yes. something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was talking to this guy named Greg Castle, who's one of the early investors of Oculus. He told me this phrase that stuck with me. It's called, it's, it, the way VR is going to spread is contact conversion. So yeah. you, you you can't describe VR to somebody who hasn't done it. I mean, yeah. they can look at you using it. They can look at the YouTube videos and go, wow, it looks like they're having fun. But you just don't get it. Yeah. There's just literally no way to describe it or do it. It's just like being someplace you've never been before. Like you could you could tell me – you could go to see the pyramids in Egypt and tell me all about it. And I'll go, wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah. But like you put me there, I've, I've had an experience. You've mm -hmm. got to put people in it. And I think yeah. that's how it's going to spread. That's why we yeah. do events and meetups and say, here, put this on your head. Look around, mm -hmm. yeah. get blown away, and start saving your pennies to buy a rig because yeah. you're going to want one. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know when, uh, at FBVR, it was the first time me using uh, the HTC Vive when we did the Giant Cop. And okay. I watched I watch Kronos play first, and they had like a giant screen now where you can actually watch, see what he sees, but it was totally not the same as if you were actually in it. Once I finally got to play, it was a total different experience. It yeah. was like... Yeah, it was crazy. It was it, it was like you couldn't really describe it if you, in words of how you feel like a giant. Yeah, you feel like a giant. And when you watch the screen, you're like, yeah, you don't get that yeah. sense of yeah, you scale. Don't get that sense. And it, right, it, it was crazy it. because like you know you're a giant in a town and you can like squat down to the city level and like you're down at the city level and like you you don't you can't really see that when you're watching it just on a screen. Well, another thing too, when you're watching all these YouTube videos and any other kind of video, you're looking at it on a screen. First of all, you're not seeing like the the whole uh, field of view that the person's seeing, right? right. The other thing is that you're looking at a flat screen, so you're not getting that three-dimensional feel, right? So that's another thing everybody misses. Like, you think it's just like some flat thing on your eyes, but it's not. Like, it, it seems like it's in three dimensions to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so can you explain for those that are listening the difference between augmented reality versus virtual reality? 
yeah, so that's it, that can be a contentious uh, definition, but I think the the well, accepted simple definition is you know augmented reality augments data or information or virtual objects or or people or whatever onto the real world, and you're still in the real world. You're still in the same environment, whereas VR takes you somewhere else, completely immerses you in a virtual world that is somewhere else. So. Um, I think right now you can get a lot more wow factor with VR because people are blown away. Like, wow, I'm underwater suddenly. Whereas AR, you know, you're putting like a, a fish on the real world, which is kind of cool. But um, right now it's not as impressive. And then the display technology, um, I think VR is a little further along as far as being useful to people mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Eventually AR will probably be more ubiquitous because, you know, we can just overlay it onto our da daily lives as you walk around and it'll just be everywhere. We'll yeah. all be in AR all the time. I think ODG, have you used ODG products? Uh, no, I have R7. not. So they, I was with you until I used the ODG products. So they have this R7 and one of them is called Project Horizon, which is the new one that's going to come out. I was like, whoa, like I, I get it. Like it's yeah. basically just overlaying high quality graphics in the real world. Cause all the other ones, it didn't seem like the resolution was really there, but the project horizon, like the resolution was there. Yeah. Like I was watching these uh, movie trailers and like manipulating things in real space. Um, it was pretty neat, but you're yeah. right. It's and HoloLens is really good too. I don't know if you've had a chance to try HoloLens, but it's, it's very impressive though. and the yeah. field of view is small, but I think they can solve that. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, the can. tracking is really good. I mean, virtual objects yeah. are locked, and that's really hard to solve. And I thought I thought it would take a few years longer to get that piece solved. Yeah, I talked to some guys from, I forget the company he was with, but we, I was just in the press area, and he happened to be there, and he had two hollow lenses. And I was like, that's, I've never used one. Can I check it out? He's like, yeah. So he took me to this whole demo, and it was like this thing for like basically architecture. And so I had my headset on, and he was like showing me how to like look at this object, and I could like blow it up and like sink it down. Basically, one of them was like a water pump. And so I could look at it like really small and just like blow it up. And he's like, oh, well, this thing goes into like a building. And so he puts a headset on and then basically he he put me in like this building. And then he, everywhere he looked, I could see where he was looking. And when he talked, I could hear him talking in my ear. There, I didn't know there was like a microphone and like right. a uh, <laughs> headset. Like, yeah, headset. Yeah. I was just like, whoa. So when he's talking to me, I could hear him. And we, we were just like measuring things and do all this other stuff in like real space. I was sure like, you wasn't wow. copying your brain. No, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> siphoning your information. You like the real tingle you feel. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty amazing. So yeah, the field of view. I mean, it's going to get solved, but it wasn't that great. Yeah. But when you're in it, though, it doesn't really matter. And eventually, they'll you know merge and there'll be one kind of you know everything that's good for AR is good for VR and vice versa. The same, yeah. It's using almost the same technologies for tracking and displays are a little different right now, but. I think it eventually it'll just be a button or it'll be up to the application. Yeah, and we'll, yeah. It'll be the same device that you wear. Well, especially now when you have the, the front-facing camera for at least the Vive. I think if they just had like a bigger one or something like that, then it'd be augmented. But it'd be kind of weird to walk around with a big-ass thing on your head. Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> There's a lot of weird social issues we have to deal with around <laughs> yeah. this technology. Well, I mean, <laughs> people already are looking down at their phones anyway, so what difference does it make? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not that weird considering yeah. Yeah, you walk around, like, everyone's just looking at their phone, nobody's looking at yeah, it. Everyone's right. looking at it. At AWE, I was talking to somebody i'm like uh like a, a augmented reality is going to be similar to like having a bluetooth like people are going to be just sitting there like looking at a screen but nobody else will be able to see it yeah but it's like with bluetooth headphones like yeah. people are talking it seems like they're just talking to themselves and then they turn your head and you can actually see the headset so i feel like uh a ar will be similar to that yeah once it becomes like more mainstream <clears throat> yeah i agree now I looking agree. around your guys office i see you guys have like a bunch of different types of vr headsets around like how many do you guys have yeah i don't think we've done an account we definitely have dozens all of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost all of them 
<laughs> I, I see an awkward Magically, trio. please send us a package. <laughs> we don't have that. <laughs> yeah, I see an awkward trio. DK1, the... So the one... If anybody out there has an Oculus Crescent Bay prototype, that's yeah. we're missing. We're that missing one. that. That's the one missing Oculus. It's <laughs> the final piece of the yeah. Gone. We have the <laughs> DK one, HD, DK two, CV one. We're missing that Crescent Bay. You guys gonna get sucked into the virtual world? No, you see, they have together. they have a viewfinder, isn't that? Yeah, like I see from that. Like, when we were kids, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, that's yeah. the new. That's, yeah, the, that's new the new VR one. viewfinder. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. We so do have an older one. Came out with a VR. It's the same clicky clicky thing. No, it's it's a it's a. It's an actual you can VR. Do VR. Nice. It's like, uh, yeah, it's a cardboard style viewer. It yeah. uses, oh, okay. it uses but an it's iPhone. Called Viewmaster. Nice, nice. Do they have I mean, um, like sensors on the side, like the, the Gear VR has, or is it just? Um, yeah, some there? interaction, but it's pretty. You know, it's designed to be low end. Yeah. You know, it's it's an entry level experience. It seems like everybody has those things now. Like uh, Kink VR actually has their own little cardboard setup. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, we met Ella Darling at the uh, oh, yeah. at your oh, expo. We <laughs> talked to her and they gave us one of those cardboard things. So. Can give, I think she gave me one. Yeah. I think she gave, oh, you had to talk to uh, Kavai or Five Star. They were with her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, her tech team. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty cool. Yeah, they, they were cool. We had them on our podcast. Well, we did like a live podcast and they were happened to be at the same bar we were at and like I just went over there to talk to him because Five Star had like a cool like uh, I thought it was a new Samsung Gear VR, but it was like a knockoff. So I just went over there to talk to her and ask her about it. But then like we sparked up a conversation. We're like, hey, you know, we're doing a podcast. Want to come over and do one? She's like, oh yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. they're awesome, and Same you know, they're too. they're real. They're real <laughs> members of this community. I mean, yeah. you know, not everyone is on board or comfortable with adult content, but they are pushing the boundaries. They are doing yeah. some things that other people are not doing. Um, they're you know technically doing some really interesting stuff and mm-hmm. you know and it's, if anyone's going to represent adult content in vr ella's great for it because yeah, yeah. you know she's a you know she she's an actual owner of the business yep, she's yeah. not just you know a, a yeah she's yeah she's not a, a product yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's very smart yeah, yeah she's a smart lady she's also a very she's an uh, advocate for the for the technology itself yeah so she understands the technology and she's also trying to push the technology and they're talking to five star and um Kavai, they're all about innovation. They're trying to do new things. Like you said, they're trying to do things that nobody else has done. They want to be first. Well, they, yeah, they, they're they doing awesome it. stuff with these depth camera screens yeah, that no one else is doing. Yeah. They built their own. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, wow. It was crazy because they're just like, what can we do that will have like this effect or that we can give our uh, consumer a new experience? And that's what they're about. It's yep. just bringing this crazy experience. And I think uh, other VR companies could like jump on that wagon and just follow their their wake. Yeah. yeah. So so one of the problems I think that's happening in VR, not really a problem because it's early days, but there's a lot of people who have cool technology. So they have this technology looking, you know, it's it's a, a solution looking for a problem. But in the, in that case, they actually have like a real problem. We have, you know, here's something that people want access to. So they have an actual problem and then they're trying to work the technology into the solution. So it's kind of, a, it's a healthier approach. I agree. So switching gears a little bit. So you have Joust. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where'd you guys get the Joust? Like they have actual yeah, cabinet yeah, Joust. Cabinet, yeah, 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 the original. Yeah. American Gladiator Joust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I was really into Knights. And so, you know, when the arcade games first came out, like Joust was my favorite by far, like back in the 80s. And then, um, yeah, that was through a friend of a friend. Uh, they had it at their office and we got it. Um, our, our goal is to get Ernest Klein to sign that Joust nice. machine. 
<laughs> yeah, so. I should probably explain the Ready Player One connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So Ernest Klein is so the I, author I, of Ready Player when we, One. When we met SVR, I said, go read Ready Player One. And I did. And yeah, it was a good book, right? It's a fun yeah. read. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I want to give any spoilers, but, you know, Joust is a, it's a, it's a pivot. It's a you know the whole book is kind of a love letter to the '80s and the '90s of pop culture and geek culture, and Joust plays a prominent role in that. So if you're going to be in a VR company and you don't have a Joust machine, I don't know. If there's any arcade game to have, it's either Dactyl Nightmare or Joust. I guess you can go with Tron. I used to have a I used to have a Tron game and I sold it. I really wish I had it back. I know. put that on the list. So there's a place in Vegas where you can actually buy the Tron cabinet. Oh, nice. I, I was just there. I would have weekend. to check that out. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a lot of good uh, retro gaming stores. One of them had a retro arcade room. I don't remember the name. I have to get the name. But um, they had a Tron. I think they had Joust. They had like a ton of like old arcade cabinets for sale. And it was great. Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, dude. Well, they, nice. they had oh, the road trip down there. They had Tron and SVR on the little, uh, was it yeah, SVR? Yeah, it was the SVR. Because oh, it was like downstairs. No, yeah, the hotel. Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Silicon Valley, probably. Yeah. Bay Area. Actually, I forget the name of that company. Was it like Button Master, Bay Area Button Masters or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I have like a car. That sounds about right. Yeah, they, they go around with old old consoles, and I think that was their stuff, too, with the cabinets. And they would just basically set them up wherever you wanted. You could just play So I know we're, we're talking about VR today, but you guys, for your podcast, you got to go to California Extreme. California Extreme? What's that? It's a it's pinball video game. Uh, weekend is like 400, 500 games. People bring them in. It's like a conference for fans of video games in San Jose. Okay. Nice. Oh, okay. They put everything on free play. You go in there oh, and cool. play all the old school games. And they have talks and they have part sales people. To oh, them. that's okay. Yeah. So when I was in yeah. Vegas, we were talking about this. Yeah. They were talking about it's cool. I, like, I love it. Like, I know there's um, somebody had told me about a company in, I want to say, San Francisco, San Jose, where they have old school video games. I, I sent this to you guys, where the, um, they have old school like uh, like Pac Man, like Street Fighter, like those kind of old school arcade games. And um, I think it's like maybe it's kind of like the Nickel Arcade, where you pay like ten dollars to get in, mm-hmm. yeah. and then all the games are set on free play. Yeah. So, but it, um, it's funny because on their website they say no kids because kids break our machines. They don't respect. Yeah, it's actually kind of weird because uh, if you get into that niche of like retro gaming, you'll be surprised. There's a lot of stuff in your very own backyard where you can find retro games, like cabinets and all, just almost anywhere in your town. So yeah. you just got you got to kind of find somewhere, and then once from there, you'll probably get that route and just find all these great stuff. We'll stay off topic for a little bit. You talk about games, it's not yeah. all about VR. I mean, yeah. there's gaming. Hey, VR, the, so the, the, you know, like the reason we're all here in VR is because I yeah. spent, I mean, hours in an mm-hmm. arcade. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we got video games yeah. and playing Dungeons and Dragons. We were talking yeah. like that's like you know our first altered reality experience was, yeah. was playing D and D back in the early days. And like, and I go, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this on a computer? Yeah. You know, yeah. no, with no means of doing it. And pretty soon we will. In fact, I have run a game of D and D in VR. So yeah. you know, what's crazy is that we're here in another city and like, we're all from the Bay area and probably about maybe less than a mile, maybe a mile and a half. There used to be this great place called, um, oh, Malibu, Malibu. Yeah. And there used to be so many arcade games there. Like, I remember, like, you know, if I got good grades, my mom would give us, like, money. We can go to the arcades and just sit there and play video games. 
But the thing that sucks is that they tore it down. Yeah, they, they, they lost their lease. They gave but you then, a driver's license. Yeah, so they, they, as a kid, I, I was like, I felt like an adult. The other, the other problem is, I never got a chance to do that. I never oh. got the chance to do the actual Grand Prix part of it. I, I, did, once. I just did the arcade game playing and the miniature golf. Oh, so that's yeah. one of the things you know that I miss about when when I was a kid. And actually, all, when we're all kids, just having an actual arcade to go to. Yeah, like I, I miss that smell. I miss meeting people there. I miss you know Chucky G competition. Well, yeah, like playing next to somebody, like playing fighting games, like you know. Is bringing it back. Oh yeah, I got next. Yeah, the only thing I is, forget the name of it, but there is one VR experience that really does have that feel of the arcade. It's yeah, like the arcade, yeah, VR arcade, yeah. VR arcade, <laughs> the ambience of so, it. So yeah, uh, yeah, you should definitely yeah, try it. It's, basically, it's a VR room that's. It's a VR experience. You can log in, and it's like an '80s arcade. It's awesome. yeah. complete right. with like you know. 80s it brings you back. Just just going arcade in there, cabinets yeah. and all that. You can, you can, you all can, the, I can be in like Donkey Kong and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The mallet just and the so games are all uh, like virtual machines too. So yeah, they're um, all you can actually play them. <laughs> the problem is the controls. You, know, you gotta yeah. have that. Gotta yeah. feel that button that and the, the joystick. Yeah, and all yeah. That. yeah. Solve that with well, yeah. Some, uh, we'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. Well, so, you just get like uh, somebody's got to integrate that, right? Because they already make those uh, types of anyway. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So have you? You guys haven't worked on a Joust in VR yet, or? Well, no, no. <laughs> I don't. You know, a, a first a first person VR Joust maybe, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess that'd be all right. Probably, yeah, I'm not sure how that would work, but somebody's bound to do it, especially with the Ready Player One movie coming out. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you that I, I'm still I haven't quite found it yet. I know people are working. I haven't found the killer multiplayer adventure game yet. You know, where we, oh, yeah, yeah, like you know, basically Skyrim and VR. I know you can play Skyrim and VR and drivers and kind of get that experience, but from the ground up, the full rich, deep, complicated yeah. RPG. And Those yeah. types of games take years to develop. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I would, I would I'm be not there yet. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to forget to feed my dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've been following along with the, the Friday the 13th game that, that's Oh, yes, yes. That would be so scary VR. Yeah, that would be scary VR. Personally, I'm not a big fan of the scary VR games because they're really scary. Yeah, they're really scary. They scare the crap out of people in VR. Yeah, people fall over because they're freaking out. I played Dreadhall since the DK1 days, and that was enough for me, and I... <laughs> it, they're scary, man. Yeah. I, have, uh, I have Dreadhall from my on my Gear VR, and I'm like I've seen people play it, and it seems scary, and I haven't played it yet, even though I haven't. <laughs> but I have a there's another game called um, something space VR, space VR, and like basically what it is, you're on a spaceship that crash lands on this alien planet, and like uh, you escape to this base. Well, the, you were transporting like a monster, and the monster is loose in the base, and so you have to like look around the base, finding five batteries to recharge oh. the door so you can <laughs> get out of there. And like you don't, you never see the monster. It's just that when a monster gets you, like it just fades, and you hear like this little like growling yeah. sound in your ear. Oh, so, so the first time I played it, like I was like, nope. Yeah, Alien Isolation and the I DK2. Too. Wait, I, I spent so many. Yeah, I died very so cool. many horrible ways. Very, very yeah, cool. uh, <laughs> man, I've, I've watched it on Twitch and I've seen people play like for ten minutes and instantly die. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that sucks. That's yeah. scary, though. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, that one can make you sick, too. I haven't tried that one, but I wonder if it'll work on a CD1 or... I, I do want to play... Um, I know um, at uh, the Game Developer Development Concert, they had a conference. Uh, <laughs> GDC. Uh, they had... They were playing um, Paranormal Activity, and, like, if you go on YouTube right now and watch people playing that game, like, 
there's girls like falling on the ground crying. Like, yeah. they, can't, they can't do it. Like this one girl, yeah. she like rips off her head and like drops the headphones into the ground. Like, she's yeah. so scared. I think those need to probably get scaled back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good. You know, like in the early days of motion pictures, when they, the, one of the first films was of a train right. coming mm-hmm. towards the camera. The and Lumiere they, brothers. Uh, yeah. Lumiere, exactly. And, and it was so intense. People in the audience were like, in a regular, silent, low frame rate, black and white film, mm-hmm. saw that train coming at them and their brains could not <laughs> separate fantasy and reality. And people in the theater were like diving out of the way of this train that was going to surely mm-hmm. kill them all. <laughs> right? So yeah. that's just, we as consumers of this new media are going to have to like adjust and kind of like raise our uh, tolerance level, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about the, this horror stuff because on one hand, it shows how powerful this this medium can be because people know it's fake, but they're still terrified. Mm-hmm. And you can just see yeah. that, how terrified they are. But on the other hand, it's low-hanging fruit. It's really easy to scare people in VR. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. so easy. There, there's so much more interesting thing, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. problems to solve. <laughs> I was going to ask, what are some other like applications that uh, VR... Uh, obviously, we, we know some some applications that VR can can be used for besides gaming. Um, I think I overheard uh, one of your people talking about uh, like su- surgeries and stuff. Uh, what are some some other things that I, I guess we can inform people about that most people assume it's just gaming, gaming, gaming? But oh, yeah. you can do stuff with like engineering. And, and what are some other things that are like on the cusp of just being uh, more universally known as like, hey? VR is a great tool for this. Right. So, um, yeah, medical the medical field is just filled with opportunities. Um, I mean, VR has been used for about 30 years for PTSD treatment, and there's just, you know, so many studies showing how well it works for treating yeah, PTSD, phobias. Um, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about is just training, equipping people for situations like dealing with peer pressure. Um, like putting people through these social situations where they're put in, you know, an uncomfortable position and training people to actually like, you know, come up with the social skills to deal with these situations in a better way. Um, addictions, all sorts of therapies. Um, it's also used for, yeah, training surgery. Um, that's an easy one. Uh, there's a ton in the medical side and, you know, medic, the, the, um, the healthcare industry in the U S is 20% of the entire economy. I mean, that's yeah. this huge market and so many opportunities for VR to make things, you know, better. I mean, it's a lot more effective. It's effective for pain management, which is surprising yeah. to me. Um, very effective, uh, more effective than, um, than opiates, um, a- according to some studies. Really? So yeah, you can kind of overwhelm your brain. So it's used, um, right now for burn victims when they do bandage, oh, okay. changing the bandages oh, for wow. burn victims is like excruciatingly painful. So there's a yeah great example. Um, uh, what was there? Uh, yeah. So uh, real quick, when you were talking about that, like that imagery thing, I was playing, I was using a what was that virtual desktop? You guys use that? Use that yes. Yeah. So I did. I was using that, and I, I clicked on some mode. I forget what I pressed, but it basically it was like hypnotoad. Like there was like so much crap on the screen. <laughs> I was just like, whoa! Like I, I couldn't yeah. do anything for a minute. Like, right. You just kind of like fade like, out. And you're like, whoa! Yeah. 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 Just got some Easter eggs hidden in there. I think I forget the phrase, but if you say. This is awesome. He's got the mic on, and it'll and it'll say something back. Really? Uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of Easter eggs in it. <laughs> nice, nice. It's a nice. it's a great app. That's so fun. Yeah. Wow. You know, awesome. I want to answer your question because I would say this because you guys, you know, it's early days, and I don't know who listens to your podcast necessarily, but like every technology platform that we use today is going to be up for grabs again because of VR. So back in the '90s, if you wanted to buy a book, you went to Barnes and Noble or 
borders. Bookstore borders. Yeah. You know, one of the major chains. <laughs> yeah, Walden. And, and, those, <laughs> and those guys had been the guys who replaced your local bookstores. Yeah. There used to be a lot of little bookstores. Those guys came in. Like, Here's a new way of doing business. Boom. And then Amazon comes on. People are like, nobody's going to buy books on the internet. That's <laughs> stupid. You know, and but look what happened. It yeah. replaced it because it was a it was a different way of interacting. It was a way people wanted to interact. You did all your accounting on a you know a pad of paper, and they used to, I even remember they used to sell books of like special accounting paper that people would handwrite stuff, and then Excel came along. So point being, VR changes the way you interact with your data, and it's going to be very compelling. There's going to be a market driving force. So everything, Skype. Uh, Amazon, eBay, uh, Facebook. That's why Facebook bought Oculus because they yeah, know, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg knows that virtual reality is going to be a thing. And they're not talking about this year or next year. I'm about 10 years out. Mm -hmm. So there is plenty of opportunities for people to reinvent things that we take for granted today that will be reshaped by VR. And not by VR that we have today. I mean, it's not necessarily going to be the Vive and the Rift mm -hmm. CV1 that that does it, it's going to be whatever comes next. But that platform is definitely going to be op up for grabs, and there's going to be some some new billionaires made, I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah it'll probably be to where VR is reduced to, like, the size of just regular glasses. You just put on, like, normal, like, 3D glasses. Like, your 3D glasses, and all of a sudden you're you're in VR, and you're able to shop. Yeah. Shop online and just look around and place in your virtual, like, shopping cart and then check out. It'd be like a uh, sword art online where they just have a little headset. Yeah. <laughs> it so scans your eyes. I, I definitely agree with you, Don. I, I definitely think that that is the next phase of uh, VR is that it's going to just blow up and it will be the new, like, boom, the new tech boom, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Especially anything where you're dealing with large amounts of data that where it helps to visualize it or 3D objects, 3D models, like... CAD software is painful yeah. to use. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we only had to deal with 3D. We can all sculpt with clay or put together erector sets. I mean, VR will allow us to intuitively build things in 3D as opposed to learning these, you know, ridiculous keyboard shortcuts to mm -hmm. use these CAD modeling programs. And just to touch on exactly what you say, I'm, I'm, I'm just, imagine I was looking at stuff on, like, the Sears website, for example, yesterday, and I'm, I'm looking at just like refrigerators, but I'm imagining now if I could just put on a virtual reality headset and I could open up the fridge yeah. myself and get inside in <laughs> and visualize and see what the fridge looks like yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's, it's definitely mind blowing to just realize that application that you could use for well, like, there's, it. There's, yep. there's and then definitely just, companies out there. just pick a new model yeah, a new and model then just like, yeah, yeah. And like, do the same thing. Um, IKEA has something like that where you can actually walk around the IKEA floor and like you can like you know, check out the products they yeah. have. But then also, like, a lot of companies are using for, like, for uh, touring houses and, like... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, it's a huge one, thing. real yeah. estate tours. Yeah. 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 I think one of the other future things is is that you can build something in 3D space and then use your 3D printer at home just to make it yourself. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's going to be, like... Yeah, that's like a loop you create where you can actually... Yeah. If, if you add scanning to that, 3D scanning, now you can yeah. scan something, bring it into VR, modify it, and then... Print it back out again. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And now you have that whole loop. <laughs> yeah, I think tactical uh, haptics. Have you used their product? Before? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, they three they D printed that prototype, cool. and yep. then just somebody made the, the PVC board, and then just yeah, that was a product. I was like, that's so amazing. Like all from their house, and it'd be any like yeah. large corporation, nothing like that. Some some smart people just hundreds of bucks. Yeah, figured it out. So. Yeah, wow. that's that's gonna be the. I think they put a little, Yeah, they did it them. They absolutely did it themselves. It, it it was some serious research and development work mm -hmm. on their part, though. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing product. Yeah. I was like, I, I've explained it before on the podcast, but it's like you can feel weight of objects and stuff, yeah. and it's like way better when you, even when you like you're shooting a gun 
or like feeling a tension of a bowstring. Like they do a lot of stuff. It's really intuitive and it just it just works. But it's one of those things again. You got you have to try it. Like yeah. me, me explaining it, it's a fraction of what you're gonna feel in your hand. So yeah, that's both a limitation and an and an asset for this type of technology. You have to experience it. So it's really hard to like get it from you know to spread the message and say, yeah. hey, 10 million people check out this VR. They're all not gonna get it. It's one at a time. Each yep. person has to be converted one at a time. But the good news is every single person that you convert is now going to convert their friends yeah. and yeah. their family, yeah. and they're gonna show everyone because it's so cool. Right now, every Every month, thirty to fifty thousand more people are getting their their first HMDs. Nice. Yeah, so that's that number is going to get bigger. Oh yeah. I mean, that's that's what they're able to produce right now. But that's the best numbers I think we've been able to come up with. Is about every month, thirty to fifty thousand more mm -hmm. in the marketplace, and that number is going to keep growing until pretty soon. You know, it's going to be. Yeah. In every home quickly be very many millions yeah this this brings me to think of when uh when we were younger and like you know you didn't have a nintendo or an atari but you had a friend that had one so you would go to their house and play with it and then oh, yeah. you know you're always asking your mom or dad to buy you one and then eventually get you one and then you like have other friends come over to your house to play yeah. so it's like it's kind of like that kind of community that's that's, that's my house on the weekends yeah <laughs> i got kids and their friends come over and they're like Hey, can we do some VR? And I'm like, great, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what's funny to me is that people were complaining about the cost of headsets when it first came out. And I was like, well, first of all, you know, it's, it's kind of early on. But second of all, it's, even that given, it's not that much money. Like it's you know, not. I, I get I get kind of mad every time yeah. people because I've been following VR for decades and I've been coveting VR and I was like so you know it was so bittersweet for so long because I, I was like this stuff is so cool and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars and I can never afford it and that's terrible and like. Like the the quality of VR that you can get with for like a thousand dollars today, you could not get for two million dollars just yeah. five years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like people yeah. that are complaining about the price, it's a couple hundred dollars more than they want it to be. It's like, come on, like what you're getting for like that was hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of dollars just like a couple years ago. Well, just I mean, just think about like a TV. Like if you just wanted to use a TV, like a decent TV costs what a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like. You can basically simulate any size TV you want yeah. in yeah. this headset. You can, yeah. it, you can get an IMAX screen if well, you want. <laughs> you know, the, the press talks about the high cost of consumer VR. I think they're comparing it to console games. Because yeah. they're, yeah. they're thinking about games, of it as a peripheral. And they're thinking about, like, well, an Xbox is 400 bucks, and this Rift or, or Vive is, you know, twice that. But the TV costs but, thousands. And Yeah, the TV costs <laughs> thousands, and... You know, in the console space, the reason those are priced so low is it's it's razors and razor blades. They have a cut of, yeah, of all the, the games. Yeah. You go buy a console game, it's going to be 40, 50, 60, 70 bucks. Yeah. I, you know, first, the first day when the Vive officially launched and you could buy stuff, I, I bought like 40 games. <laughs> yeah. For, for, <laughs> for less than 300 bucks. Yeah. I, I did that just to help my friends who are developers and to kind of help kick it off. Plus, I wanted to. Yeah. But, you know, if I'd have bought console, if I'd have bought 40 console games, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it would have been $1,000 easy. Yeah. So, where's the cost? I mean, you know, and now with the new NVIDIA graphics cards and the AMD graphics cards at 200 bucks, you, there's, it's, getting a lot easier to build a VR-ready PC. Yeah. I think for most people, they, I mean, the only thing you have to really worry about is really the, the graphics card. I mean, like, your, your CPU, you can get by. Memory, most people have decent RAM now. But the, the graphics card is the only thing that's going to cost, like, a decent amount of money. And even yeah. then, you can you can get by with, like, And know, it just got 
dramatically cheaper with the yeah, new NVIDIA chipsets yeah, and their new, their new uh, architecture. Yeah. yeah. But then I, I really hope there's like, like for NVIDIA, for example, I hope they create an, an external graphic processor unit where you can have it outside your PC and you can just connect oh, there's, it there's a thing to your computer. That. I know there, there's a thing, but you kind of have to build it yourself. I know Alienware has one. But like, yeah, everything right now you have to kind of build the housing. Yeah, Alienware has an external graphic card or graphic with GPU, and yeah. um, you just connect it to your your Alienware, and it boosts up the graphic card. It doesn't use the one that's internal. It actually has an, a um, a PC graphic card that you can use, and you can plug everything into there. And um, I think somebody demoed it with with um, HTC Vive, or no, they um, they ran the um, the test on there. The are, are you VR ready? They ran that yeah. on there from yeah. Steam. And um, it got like a, a high middle, like mm -hmm. um, it was VR capable, but it wasn't VR ready. Okay. And there, there's another one like that too. It's a third party product for pretty much any laptop where you, it's just like a little board. You stick in a, a normal graphics card. And then what you do is you kind of, you kind of got to think about your laptop, but there's a, a PCI Express. Uh, there's usually one or two inside of every laptop. And one's usually used by your, uh, your Wi-Fi card. So all you do is disconnect your Wi-Fi card, plug this thing in, and you have desktop you know, graphics on your laptop. So yeah, there's a guy who comes to our meetups um, pretty often who has a laptop, and he uses that for his demos with an external uh, GTX 980. Yeah. So what, what do you guys think about the backpack PCs? You seen those? No, I haven't. Uh, so HP just announced. I don't think you can buy them. <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of funny. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyway, they they have one. I've seen pictures of it. looks It looks promising. I know a couple of the companies are working on it. And um, I think it's cool. I'm not. I'm not quite sold on it yet, mm -hmm. personally. Because, but the idea of having something that's easy to carry around, full. I mean, this is a full, powerful system. Yeah. VR ready. Hmm. You yeah. know, high end GPU. High -end a nice CPU. interim solution to get wireless yeah. VR. So you can yeah. walk around. You have to work, and you just you can put it in your space. You don't have a cable situation going on. That'd be cool. Yeah, I could probably. Well, I could probably do it with this one, but I mean, it's ten pounds, so. Yeah. I think yeah. they can carry ten pounds. Most people are just like it's it's, it's bulky. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, you probably lose ten pounds while carrying that ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all it is now. But yeah, I think there's should... there's a company that have um, they I think they were using a backpack for like a zombie apocalypse game, and they was like inside of a warehouse, right. and you had like Serbios, yes, yeah, Serbios, and you can like walk around and stuff like that, and like shoot zombies. Have you yeah. have you guys seen the void? Yeah, uh, have not been yet. I, I, I just met the I just met one of their their folks last week. It's it's uh, they're doing demos. They they will show people right now. I know they're they uh, they're doing a, an event or an experience in New York for the Ghostbusters movie. Okay, so they're doing nice. a they announced that and they're I think they're focusing on that, but. Yeah, they're, I think they're doing well. Everybody, Can you break down what the Void is, so everybody that's listening sure. understands. So the Void is a company in Salt Lake City, and they are. Uh, building out-of-home entertainment for VR. And so they have basically, you know, picture like a laser tag arena or a, a big warehouse with walls and effects and heat guns and everything. So when you go in there, you put on a backpack PC with their own HMD. They've, they've developed a lot of their own technology. And when you go into the environment, there might be a plain wall there in real life, but when you look at it through VR, it might look like a control panel on a spaceship. Or... You know, you might see a dragon in VR, and they'll ha have a heat lamp there, so you feel the the heat of mm. the rest. So they mix wow. sensory input, props, walls, and they do some redirected walking techniques, so it makes you feel like you're in a big space, mm -hmm. and it's multiplayer. So you go in there with a bunch of people, oh, cool. yeah. and you're you know fighting aliens or exploring the ruins or doing, all, and they they can do all these different experiences, 
And the people that have seen it, even though it's you know still in development, are pretty impressed. So I think you guys were talking about the arcade earlier. That's what I want to mention. Is I think the arcade is coming back. Yeah. yeah. We have a we know a lot of people who really believe in the idea of the VR AR arcade. And um, the only thing is, I don't think it's going to be twenty five cents a game. It's yeah. Twenty five dollars a game, but sure, yeah. you know, but it is going to happen. Yeah. There's a lot of companies working on the uh, zero latency VR arcade. Um, there's a ton more. There's a ton. Uh, Noe Tom. Uh, um, uh, I think this is going to be probably get take off a little bit better in Asia, where they really have this kind of culture of internet cafes, mm-hmm. and yeah. most people yeah. don't have enough room in their homes to do like a room scale VR setup. So it's really going to be the only option for people there. But um, yeah. yeah, a lot of investment money is going into this out of home location based VR. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and there's there's a few around here in the Bay Area that we were just talking about before. I think it was Upload VR we were talking about mm-hmm. that has like their own little like space set up. Well, they got a co working space, but co- so, so so people go there to work on projects. Oh, okay, okay. I'm not. I'm not aware of them doing anything that's... Yeah, they got to explain it differently. No, you're yeah. right. He explained oh, that way. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. But they, they have, like, demonstrations, too, so people can come in there and actually do VR stuff, too. Yeah, right? I think they have a nice demo room. And... What's cool with the whole, like, arcade and the virtual world? Because that's another, like, like uh, from uh, Ready Player One, because uh, one, one of the Easter eggs in the, in the book was he was playing an arcade game inside of a bowling alley in this virtual world, and he's playing, uh, when he plays uh, Pac-Man, and he... he uh, I guess what it's called. He he beats the top score, and he where the screen gets all jacked up, yeah. and he was able to like uh, get the top score six or something. But, yeah, but it, while he was playing that game, like something happens. I'm not gonna spoil it, so you have to read the book. But like you know, <laughs> he was able to play a virtual arcade game in a virtual world instead of a virtual machine. So it's kind of yeah, Inception. yeah. <laughs> it's like Inception. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true, and, and I think you know I. In, in terms of, you know, the where you spend your time and all that and how, how you perceive it, I think one of the things, by this time next year, I think most of my waking hours are going to be in some kind of a virtual workspace. Maybe yeah. two years. You know, I'll have my, my face-to-face time, but when I do meetings, I'm not going to be Skyping people anymore or doing WebEx or, you know... Google Hangout or anything like that, we'll be meeting in VR. It's and, and that sounds kind yeah. of crazy, I think, to some people. But if you think about it, most of our waking time now is sent, spent staring at little screens. And I don't think we would have yeah. ever expected that. You know, if you so told true. someone, you know, 10, 20 years ago that most of our waking time is going to be spent staring at screens, either at our desk or a little screen in our hand, uh, they would have said, that's crazy. No one's going to yeah. do that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and I've done meetings in VR, and it is so much better than a video conference call. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you know, my background is actually, um, you know, telepresence. I did this professionally for a long time, developing high-end video conferencing systems, um, enterprise telepresence, you know, no expense, you know, spared, multi-million dollar systems. And nothing that we did back when we were doing these systems compares to being in a social VR experience with another person. You actually feel yeah. like you're there with them, and that you never got that in these video conferencing and telepresence systems. Yeah, and just like doing like I was doing uh, alt space. I had the first time used it used it yesterday, so it was pretty cool. And like it went yeah. to, like this little room, and there's like a DJ, and there's playing music. I was like, oh, it's pretty cool, you know. I look forward to getting getting more into that really and, or doing something out. social like the wave. The wave was pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, you know, I was the DJ. Did you know that? No, it was it was Aaron. 
Oh, you had the DJ in an Allspace? In Allspace last night. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> that was me that's playing true. vinyl, yeah. She was even know. Yeah. And Nate, who's in that room over there, was the uh, host that was his party. <laughs> oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I just dropped in to see what it was all about. Yeah, that was a yeah, crazy experiment that, so awesome. that we did. Yeah, it was yeah, using we were... real vinyl and an old rotary mixer and, you know, nice. kind of mixing the old tech and the new tech. So yeah. for those that are listening and, like, because we've done a couple of VR cats right now, but can you reiterate about the uh, Allspace so people who are new to this can figure out what's going on? Yeah, so Allspace is a social VR um, platform communication tool. It allows people you know, to come in as an avatar into a virtual space and talk to other people. And, um, yeah, it works really well. It's probably the most polished VR, social VR platform right now. Um, you can go in in a Gear VR or an Oculus or a Vive, um, and you know you're in there with other people hanging out. And um, one of the things we did last night was um, it also supports like a motion capture suit, like the Perception Neuron, which you put it on, and now my entire body is tracked. You can see nice. my legs, my hands, everything. So um, a few of the people, you know, that that equipment's a little uh, expensive right now for most people <laughs> to have, but we have one here. Uh, we have a couple here, and um, so bad, really. a few of us were in there wearing these, you know, suits. So then it's like being there, and you know, yeah. people can dance. And as a DJ, like I, you know. I can actually read the crowd. You know, it's it's pretty limited right now. It's getting better, but yeah. you can actually tell. Okay, people are digging this. They're dancing or they're not dancing. You know, you can actually. It, it's more and more like being in a room with someone. Yeah, That's really awesome. cool. Yeah, it was cool during the SVBR. Um, we couldn't go the first day, but we went the second day, and I actually went into Altspace just to check it out again because I have because I, I went in there when I first got my headset, and there wasn't there. Whenever you go in there, it was like maybe one person or maybe just by yourself. But when I went in there, there's a bunch of people, and somebody I was there with was actually at the conference or at the expo, and I was talking to them because they were actually at the Altspace booth. And what was cool is they had the uh, somebody had the HTC Vive on, and the controllers were in Altspace too, yeah. which is cool. So you can see like what kind of headset the person was using based off like what kind of traction, or I guess if they had the controller in their hand, they had the HTC Vive. Yeah, or if they have a leap, then they have yeah. hands in front of them. Yeah, that's the ghost of their hands. Yeah, they yeah. see their hands like in front of them. It was just their hands, which was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Altspace is, is pretty powerful. Like, I never knew it can do a lot of the stuff that it does. And also they added more games to there. Like, I think they have like, um, kind of like Frisbee Golf, and I think yeah. they also have like a kind of a, not a Dungeon and Dragon, but yeah. Yeah. no, they have an officially, okay. yeah, they're officially partnered with um, Wizards yeah. of the Coast, and okay. they have an official Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, they have, meet, have meetups. It's cool. I, I I did one of the first when they first launched it. I kind of took it on and, and ran a game, and it's um, it's great uh, to to have the idea of sitting around a table like we are now, mm-hmm. but we're not in the in the same place. It's a much different feeling than two yeah. D video. It just feels like you're together. Yeah. And that's the fun. I mean, they've got some great games. They've got now they've got um, holograms against humanity, which is like mm-hmm. cards against humanity. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I just I saw a video of that. I haven't played it yet, but oh, it's man. a really good implementation. It looked like people were having a blast, and uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of social gaming and board gaming that's in VR, and a lot of people are working on. Uh, you know, the billiards game, uh, mm-hmm. VR pools, super popular. Yeah. Uh, big screen. Have you seen that one? No, That's no. a really popular social game kind of place where it's an environment where you can get together and play games with people or talk to people and you each have your own screen. But anyway, it's hard to explain. So again, it's one of those things. It's really hard to visualize. But social is gonna is gonna drive the adoption of VR because your friends are you're gonna be home and you're gonna, your friends are gonna be talking about this great time they had in VR, this adventure they had together, or this game they played together, and you're gonna be like, oh dang, I don't have VR. <laughs> you're gonna be like. 
Yeah, you Mom, feel I like need a VR headset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to, I want to see how I set that up. It's going to take some time though. Yeah, so, figure that out. Yeah, pretty cool. Everything's all new. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of choice. Um, have you heard of Gunter's Universe? Yeah, I think you mentioned it last. Yeah, time. Gunter's. Yeah. He he is, in my opinion, one of the earliest pioneers of the VR talk show. And he does it on a weekly basis. He's got his own room in VR chat, which is another great platform for social VR. Brings in guests. He's got some really cool guests. He's a good interviewer. And then people physically, I mean, he does it on YouTube. You can watch on YouTube, but the magic is you go into VR into his room and you can be in the audience and you can sit around and chat afterwards. And yeah, you guys should definitely do that. That's the experience that I want. So, yeah. yeah, we'll talk after we get hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another great application. So, yeah, going to like Ellen. I know oh, you yeah. talked <laughs> about like the the Vive and the the Oculus Rift, but have you guys had a chance to play uh, PlayStation VR yet? Or have you guys demoed it? Yes. What's your take on that? It's really good. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> really good. I mean, right. so I haven't tried the very latest. Have you? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's um. You know, they're all at like a very similar level. Um, they're just designed for slightly different types of experiences mm-hmm. where the Vive has this, you know, this nice um, room scale feature. You can do a much larger space. But PlayStation VR, I'd say, is right there with Oculus um, yeah. CB1. And the cool thing is, I mean, I'm just amazed at how much they're squeezing out of the, the PS4. Well, you know? so that, that's, uh, that's actually not true. That's why they come up with a new one. The, right. the new uh, PS4 4. is because... 4.5 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's because the, the PS4 that's out right now, it, it runs very bad on it. That's what I heard from like multiple sources. Really? Yeah, yeah that's, I, that's the main reason why. The GPU is just not good enough. And I the hardware. had not had that experience when they've done demos before, but it's a demo. So yeah. who knows? All the demos yeah. have, been, have been, you know, and controlled well, by Sony. One thing I will say, if it's the Neo or Neo, whatever they're calling it, the actual product, but... Um, I'm, I'm disappointed they changed their names. They probably had to, but it used to be called the Sony Morpheus. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Neo is the cool. com- I mean, that would have been so cool, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. I, I'm sure that would be problematic for a big company like that. Well, what was but- the name of the Halo? Before, I mean, not the, the HoloLens. It was going to be called something else before. Or no, I'm oh, thinking of um, I'm thinking of the the Xbox, yeah. the camera. It was it was going to be called something else yeah. before it became oh. like the X, I mean, the, the Connect. Before, oh. Project yeah, Natal? Natal? Natal, yeah, yeah. It was Project right. Natal. Yeah. yeah. Weird. And it was connect, but anyway. Uh, so the th- cool thing about Sony PlayStation is they put a lot of work, and I think this is really important. And I hope other developers follow their lead on this. Is the idea of asymmetrical gameplay? So like, you have one headset because you're going to buy one headset. Somebody's going to be in VR, but that leaves all your buddies who came over to play games with you sitting on the couch doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So they've put a lot of effort in developing games where people who have a controller are looking at the screen can play a game with the person in VR in different ways. It could be a, diff- a lot of different ways to handle it. It could be they're fighting each of them because maybe he's a giant and they're, you know, little guys. <laughs> Good idea. King Kong and whatever. You know, there's different ways to play. But bringing other people into the experience, I think, is really important for the success of social VR gaming locally. Right. Um, so That's cool. Well, unfortunately, we got to talk about bananas because somebody has a... Something you have to get to. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have to wrap this up. So is there anything else you want to plug? Anything else you want to say for the end here? Um, you know, I'll say that if you want, if you're out there and you're trying to get involved in VR, uh, look for meetups. It's a great way to uh, get in touch with the community. There's Go to meetup.com and search around. We have a monthly meetup that everybody's welcome to check out. Um, but we're in the Bay Area. You might not be, but there's more and more meetups happening yeah, all the time. Hundreds of events. them across the world. Yeah. Try it out. Go out, find somebody. Uh, you even, uh, I think on Reddit, there, there used to be a place where people could like 
post if they want to try demo and people volunteer. Hey, come over because people, people, people in VR um, want to spread the word because once yeah. you try it, you yep. become an evangelist by nature. Yeah. You, know? you <laughs> want to get people involved because that's what's going to make it great. So, yeah, get involved. If you're thinking about developing for it, work on it. It's not too late. It's still early days. And, yeah, it's uh, definitely not too late to make your mark on this industry. I yeah. Mean, nothing has been figured out yet. <laughs> I think also HTC Vive just announced that um, you can actually find their headset units inside of uh, GameStops and um, yeah. GH, I think it's called. Yeah, they're doing really well. And in fact, they're saying now you can you order today, you can get it in a couple of days. You just, you just ordered yeah, yours. I just ordered mine. So hopefully I ordered it on the 7th. So either today or tomorrow, I should get a confirmation that it's been shipped out. So we'll see. Nice. See if it's true. If it's not, I'll be back. <laughs> and so where can everybody find you in, this, in your company? Yeah, uh, so svbr.com yeah, um, is yeah. the easiest way. Easiest or way search for SVBR and Meetup. Uh, we're pretty easy Facebook, to find. Twitter, Facebook, Facebook yeah. we, got a, we got a page, uh, Silicon Valley Virtual Reality. We got a, if you search for Silicon Valley Virtual Reality on Facebook, we got a group where people chat and talk about VR things. And then Twitter, it's SVVR2016, 2016. Awesome. Do you guys have any, uh, any um, I'm sorry, conferences or, or anything that you're going to uh, or meetups or meetings or anything like that in the near future where people can actually well, get hands-on? Or Yeah, we do monthly meetups. Okay. So yep. that's a great place to come. Try. There's always people doing demos every okay. month. And, and that'll happen. And then uh, yeah, We have one coming up on the 30th. Um, the sign-up's not open yet, but uh, any day now it'll be open. It'll be awesome. on meetups. And yeah, that'll be um, that'll cool. be in Sunnyvale that next meetup. Yeah. Okay, right on. Cool. And then next year, big conference coming. Yeah, yeah. every year More the big annual SVBR conference is just going to get bigger and better. And yeah, until this day, you guys have the best conference that I've been to. Like, awesome, we love to hear. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, especially for the press. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with that, we're going to wrap. So take it easy, y'all. All right, thanks Thank for having us. Minute.